Hello, hello, hello. John Mason, how is everybody? Well, this is the weekend of the, the, where we celebrate the birth of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I want to talk up about uh, the real King, not not the sanitized little peace snake everybody likes to promote, do just want everything to be a big kumbaya. No, -uh. I'm talking about the Dr. King who truly challenged political and economic systems. When he was alive, I mean his work, every poll of white people show, said that, uh, oh, he's going too far, <coughs> he's damaging the movement, he, he should tone, tone back the protests. And some were downright hostile. And if it was this harmless little peacenik, why was the FBI uh, hell-bent on trying to bring him down? Trying to get him killed? You know, Torres said it was closer to the end of his life that Dr. King knew that class as well as race were important issues in this country. As, and so he, he worked on de developing uh, an analysis of both race and class. And, and to top that all off, he came out and protested the Vietnam War. One year to the day he was assassinated. Uh, King I went to the pulpit of Riverside Church, an old venerable church in New York, and proclaimed his opposition to the Vietnam War. He said he couldn't condemn any anybody in, if, in the streets if, of America resorting to violence over the injustices in this system. While his own government was purveying violence half a world away, that's the Dr. King we wish to uh, remember. And recently, uh, on Netflix, there was the um, there's a movie out called named Rustin about the work of. Bayard Rustin, one of the one of the most important uh, civil rights figures you never heard of. He was a, one of the main organizers, the organizer of the of the March on Washington in 1963. And to give it its real name, it's the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. See. See, Rustin was working under his, his old mentor, A. A. Philip, A. Philip Randolph, who was the grand old man of the civil of the civil rights movement. And Rustin knew, Rustin and Randolph knew that economic injustices were as serious a problem as racial injustices. That black people uh, can't really enjoy such things as going to a restaurant or 
or moving into a nice neighborhood or any of that if they didn't have the money. Poverty had to be addressed. The need for jobs had to be had to be dealt with. As you know, King was like the star speaker of of the uh, of the of the March on Washington. So, like I said, King knew about the importance of economic issues as well as racial issues, and and just before he died, he he took he was organizing what was called the Poor People's Campaign, having a have an encampment in Washington to address uh, the issues of poverty and joblessness. And, and he went to Memphis, and, and I think it was a, in uh, in the spring of uh, 1968 to to work to work on along with the sanitation workers who were on strike. After speaking there, the next morning he was assassinated. As so many people in positions of power were so happy he was assassinated. That's the kind of people we're up against. People who were who are not above assassination. But I'll get back to that. And recently at a at some sort of a festival organized by Charlie Kirk, the founder of Training Point USA awaited a right organization prominent in the Republican Party. Kirk uh, stated that uh, Martin Luther King should should not be celebrated but condemned. He complained about how the Civil Rights Movement, uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was was his DEI uh, program. DEI, that's another bugaboo for the far right. Just like critical race theory. DEI stands for diversity, diversity, I forget the word, uh, diversity, uh, expansion, and inclusion. Oh, the division, uh, well, the diversity, Equity and inclusion. That's what DEI meant. Which is, like I said, another phobia for the way to write. A, a complaint about how the Civil Rights Act uh, uh, overrid the Constitution. Like It's like every social uh, advancement requiring that that low-income people have access to the political process and have the political process and and the government do things for the people. With the advent of Social Security, then Medicare, then the highway system, then and public transit, etc. And 
And this has been going on for since the founding of the country. The upper class elites of the country were from such as the southern slaveholding class, fancied themselves as something compatible to European nobility, and, and, and hated the idea of democracy because they were afraid that that a, a lower class whites would ally with enslaved blacks and, uh, and take over their power take over the government for their benefit. Like the government wasn't working for the benefit of the upper classes. And so the, uh, the so-called lower classes had access to the government, uh, starting with the legislative process. And, uh, and a right-wing has, movement has uh, been hit they're furious that the government has been is no longer their their handmaid and their tool, their ally, but has been turned against them. That's why they're so much calling for the end of so-called big government, whatever the hell that is, and. And, and make sure that the government confines itself to to such forces that would uh, beat down those who dare stand up to them. And I, so I get back to uh, assass political assassination, like I said earlier. The judge in the case of Donald, uh, Donald Trump uh, Florence Pan uh, one of those cases against him I think uh, the one in uh, New York State for the fraud trial asked um, John Sauer uh, John Sauer if uh, it was well, John Sauer was uh, was uh, claiming executive immunity for, for Trump because he was president. And, and Penn asked him, let's say uh, Trump orders Navy SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a, a political opponent. Would that be covered under uh, immunity? And, and Sowers said, a kind of a mealy-mouthy, qualified yes, so-called, along with the whole big word, legalese word salad. They're, they are, that's what our rulings at least are about. They are willing to go through the length of political assassination. They have their, to put down anybody challenging their power, such as Dr. King. And the book in front of me right now is written was written by the great labor historian Philip S. Foner. It's called The Great Labor Uprising in 1877. That was when uh, 
that was when workers, uh, one of the, um, in West Virginia, working for the BN, uh, Baltimore and Ohio Railroad, went on strike. Then the strike went, other, went to other parts of the B&O line. Then it went through other rail lines. Then through other industries. And the response, in every instance, was the same. The workers go out on strike. And, and the corporations of that time, with the help of their pet governments, uh, use every uh, means of brute force at their disposal to put down the uh, put down the strikes. Like the courts with their injunctions, uh, the news media calling them as criminals and hoodlums, and the state first the police, then the state militia, then the sheriff's deputies, then the state militia, and sometimes the regular army, and hired thugs uh, from the company that were, like, quote-unquote, deputized uh, for, uh, uh, for doing their uh, beat-down work uh, on, the, on the strikers. Those are the good old days, my friends, that our corporate elites want to bring us back to. And they're willing to hold their noses and support Donald Trump again to finish the job he started. That would be to suspend the Constitution, raise, eliminate all taxes on corporations and the super wealthy, destroy any benefits for elderly people and veterans and low-income people. And believing that we're just going to sit back and take it like good Americans. Nuh-uh. Good Americans stand up for their rights. Good Americans build on the <clears throat> build on the work that the great freedom fighters like Dr. King and Bayard Rustin and A. Philip Randolph began. It continues the legacy of the strikers of 1877 the Molly Maguires in the coal country in the, in the Pennsylvania coal country in the 1870s that continues the work of the Haymarket anarchist martyrs. It continues the work uh, of Jean, Eugene Debs in the American Railway Union. It continues the work of the more progressive parts of the AFL and the and the IWW, it continues the work of the CIO. You name it. <coughs> and it also continues the work of, of other movements that were influenced and had their training in the civil rights movement and the anti-war movement and the labor movement, such as feminists and gays and Hispanic Americans, Native Americans. Every sector of society that had been suppressed and silenced has now found their voices. And ain't nothing going to shut them up. So please, my fellow Americans, I urge you to find some nice community service project uh, in honor of Dr. King. 
like a clothing drive or a food bank or a soup or a soup kitchen, whatever, and continued Dr. King's work. And also, remember what Dr. King was really about. And and don't be silent in the when they're trying to shut us up. Don't don't be afraid when they're trying to scare us. Stand up and speak up, like real Americans do. Okay, I'm all talked out now. And now advertisements. My work costs money. I've been in my uh, this podcast and my videos and my blog and my literary work and my journalistic work cost money. And I need money to keep uh, to keep it going. And I would greatly appreciate any support you might uh, send to me for my so I can continue my work. Just click on the the website johnomason.com and click either the buy me a coffee button or the PayPal button. I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks. And also, my novel Soldier of the Cross is available on amazon.com. It's the story of David Lucas, who as a young man in the early 60s is a drunk and a whore chaser and a school bully. He gets in trouble in the army. He comes out of it a born-again, fanatical, manly man Christian. Just trying to be a good man, a good soldier for Jesus. But the way he goes about it lands him in trouble. So that's all I'm going to say. Please look it up. Please purchase it. Soldier of the Cross on Amazon.com And also, Hipporific is a lovely little CBD product store located on Snyder Avenue near South Street in South, near, near 15th, no, near, near 15th Street in South Philadelphia, excuse me. There you'll find some of the finest cannabis-infused products. Gummies and candies and lip balm and flour and hand sanitizer and drinks and teas and lip balm and dog treats. Yep, dog treats. Look them up, please. HempHorrificLLC.com Tell them I sent you. And also my beloved career and business coach, Michelle Snow. Michelle is excellent in helping you develop your professional career or your small business. Let you know what you're doing right, where you need work, and help you network with other up-and-coming entrepreneurs and professionals. Do please look her up. Growwithsnow.com Okay. Alrighty then. That's our work. We can do it. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Thanks. Shabbat Shalom. Bye.